The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Notable Australian women. There's many of them. But in this Squiz shortcut, we're going to take a look at four notable women who we see quite a bit of in our daily lives, but may not really stop to notice. And those are the women on our banknotes. These women were trailblazers whose significant achievements are honoured through the inclusion on our currency. So let's get to know Dame Mary Gilmore, Mary Reby, Edith Cowan and Dame Nellie Melba, who they were, what they achieved and their legacies. Squiz Shortcuts is your shortcut to more than the headlines. I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. So looking at the notable women on our notes, see what I did there? (laughs) Oh, nice. Yeah. Nothing like starting off with a pun. We're going to go low to high purely in monetary terms today and start with the $10 note. And that's Dame Mary Gilmore. What makes her a notable woman? I was in Gilmore House at Yass Primary School, but believe it or not, that's not her right. only claim to fame. <laughs> Dame Mary, oh, it's up there though. No, oh, I would have thought so. Dame Mary Gilmore was a noted writer, a poet, and an advocate for workers' rights and the rights of women and Indigenous Australians, particularly in the first half of the 1900s. She was born in rural New South Wales and grew up around the Riverina, including time in country towns like Wagga Wagga. At age 16, she became a school teacher and moved to Sydney in the 1890s. It was the early days of the labour movement and she was part of that scene. In fact, she became a devotee of utopian socialism and was part of a group that moved to Paraguay uh, in South America to set up a community based on their ideals and it was called the New Australia Colony. That experiment, though, didn't quite work Mm -hmm. out and she returned to Australia with her new husband in 1902. Gilmore then got her teeth into journalism with publications like The Australian Worker, The Bulletin and The Sydney Morning Herald. She also turned her talents to poetry. Numerous volumes of her prose and poetry were published. Of particular note was a poem she wrote about the World War II time. It was a stirring and patriotic poem called No Foe Shall Gather Our Harvest. And Claire, fun fact, she had a romance with another famous Australian literary giant, Henry Lawson. I can match that with another fun fact. She was Prime Minister Scott Morrison's great-great-aunt. There you go. Fun facts everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, we can play that game. (laughs) Fun facts aside, what's notable was her advocacy work on behalf of women, children and Indigenous Australians. During her lifetime, she was a highly popular and celebrated public figure and she was one of the few Australian writers to be given a state funeral when she died aged 97 in 1962. So that's a quick look at Dame Mary Gilmore. Now on to the woman on the $20 note. Mary Reby is the woman on the $20 note, and while her picture makes her look like a really harmless old granny, she was fierce. She was born in 1777. Reby came to Australia as a convict. Of all things, she was a convicted horse thief after she ran away from her employer dressed as a boy. And after being sent to New South Wales, she served her term, uh, married a junior officer in the East India Company's storeship Britannia, and she was widowed very early, raising seven kids on her own. Which is a lot in and of itself, but it was her business acumen that she's really celebrated for. Reby took over her husband's businesses when he died and ran many successful trading ventures, so coal, timber, liquor, skins and fur. She was a merchant, she was a ship owner and a trader of legendary proportions. She was also part of the broader commercial life of New South Wales and was a founding member of the Bank of New South Wales, which is now known as Westpac. 
Her efforts made her very rich, but she put a lot of that into charity. She died just after her 78th birthday in 1855. So that's Mary Reby. Now on to the woman on the pineapple. Edith Cowan is the lady on our $50 note. She was the first woman elected to an Australian parliament and, fun fact of my own, (laughs) only the second in the British Empire at the time. That's the headline, but her life story is a really fascinating one. Cowan was born in 1861. Her mother died when she was seven years old and when she was 15 her father was hanged for the murder of her stepmother, so she didn't Mm. really have the best start. At 18 she married. Uh, Her husband was a Perth police magistrate and that gave her an insight into the problems of women and children and it reinforced her interest in social reform. She was a big advocate for unmarried mothers, the establishment of day nurseries for the children of working mothers and for the protection of kids and women from abuse and neglect. So really quite groundbreaking for the late 1800s. So she was already a notable figure before winning a seat in the WA Parliament in 1921. She wasn't able to hold that seat and failed to win it at the following election, uh, but she was effective while she was there and she got laws passed that extended the rights of women. She was involved in the setting up of the Red Cross in Australia, as well as many other notable community causes before her death in 1932. In 1990, she had a university named after her, and in 1995, she was put on the $50 note. So that's a gallop through Edith Cowan's life. Now onto a banknote I don't see too often, and that's the $100 bill. Only a big character could pull off her inclusion on the $100 note, and that's Dame Nellie Melba. A diva by all accounts. Yeah. She was born Helen Porter Mitchell in Melbourne in 1861. The future opera star had a very privileged start. She was educated at the Presbyterian Ladies College in Melbourne, and she was taught by some of the best singing tutors of the day. The Mitchell family were struck by tragedy when her mother and younger sister died when she was 20 years old. She then went with her father to Mackay in Queensland where he purchased a sugar mill. It was there that she met and married Charles Armstrong, but a Queensland country life wasn't for her, so she returned to Melbourne to start her professional singing career. And not long after that, she had an opportunity to go to London with her father, and that's when her career really took off. And it was there that she performed under her stage name Nellie Melba, which is a combo of Helen and Melbourne. So there you go. Long story short, her marriage to Armstrong broke down, but she established herself as Covent Garden's prima donna with a nearly three octave range. Her voice was once described as dramatically neutral. Sir Thomas Beecham's famous line was that she was uninterestingly perfect and perfectly uninteresting. Ouch. It's a bit narky, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> but she was able to gain international fame as a performer. In fact, by the time she died in 1931, she'd done more farewell concerts around the world than John Farnham could ever dream of. He can still try and outdo her. He's got time. Oh, yeah, and maybe not to international notoriety like Dame Nelly, but uh, worth a try. And that's your shortcut to the notable women on our banknotes. On to our recommendations. My recommendation is the Nellie Melba Museum website. There's so much interesting information on that prima donna. I thought it was fascinating that she was one of the first to record on a gramophone, which led to a lot of marriage proposals. (laughs) Not something you expect, but she writes, there's almost something uncanny in the idea of some man in the remote prairies sitting down in front of a little instrument, listening to the echo of my voice, feeling that he had found his ideal woman and writing to tell her so. 
which is a world away from Spotify and Instagram comments when you think about it. Very quaint, Um, isn't it? Yeah, but you can also hear some of those first recordings, so it's worth checking out. I have a link to the National Library's Trove website. Uh, It has a link to the first publication of Mary Gilmore's No Foe Shall Gather Our Harvest. Uh, As a side note, this poem was read by US President Donald Trump at the state dinner that he threw for Scott Morrison uh, at the White House in 2019. So it's a poem that we should probably be a bit familiar with. It's a really incredible poem. So definitely check that out. Links to both of these will be in the episode notes and on our website as well, thesquiz.com.au. We hope you enjoyed this look at some of Australia's notable women. Check them out next time you're digging through your wallet. If you've got a person, topic or news story that you'd like a shortcut to, email us at hello at thesquiz.com.au. We always learn a lot doing them, that's for sure. Thanks for tuning in. If you are new to The Squiz, we also have a daily news podcast called The Squiz Today. That'll get you across the day's news headlines in around eight minutes. That's out each weekday at 6am. And we also have a daily email if reading is more your thing. That's in your inbox at 6am as well. You can sign up to both of those things at thesquiz.com.au. Until next time. Until next time.